everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and if you are brand new to this show, this show is all about Magic the Gathering, where I bring on content creators to pro players to now Magic cosplayers and much, much more, as well as I like to have solo episodes where I just randomly rant on about Magic and deck techs and whatever else is on my mind at the time. So, today I brought on coach from the youtube channel the card bazaar who does a lot of awesome history type videos for magic the gathering and the magic the gathering expansion sets so brought him on to talk about that and we talked about a lot of stuff on um, a lot of history some dnd some magic in there as well and just a lot more so i really had a good time talking with him and i hope you all enjoyed as well so as this episode comes out I will officially be at Grand Prix Dallas from May 4th through the 6th. So if you're listening to this and you happen to be at Grand Prix Dallas, definitely come see me and say hey. Um, I'm also scheduled to be at Grand Prix Orlando from August 10th through the 12th, as well as Grand Prix Atlanta from November 2nd through the 4th. Um, Magic with Zuby can be found on the following on facebook.com slash magic with Zuby on Twitter at magic with Zuby. You can email me with any questions you have at Gmail at mtgzuby at gmail.com. Uh, we are available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And if you want to help and support the show in any way possible, um, you can also check out Magic with Zuby's Patreon at patreon.com slash magic with Zuby. Um, Magic Zoop is also sponsored by Manatraders.com. Are you tired of buying singles in order to play events on Magic Online? No more. Manatraders allows you to rent any cards and decks you want for a monthly price. Be sure to check them out and use coupon code MTGZUBI when you check out and get 15% off your first three months. That is Manatraders.com. Um, so that is about it for the announcements. So let's get underway with the interview here. And thank you all. Jazzy, what does the calculator say about the shipping costs? It's over $9! What? $9? There's no way that could be right! At LegitMTG.com, we don't charge shipping for any order over $2 or more. We're not like those other guys who make you spend an arm and a leg to get free shipping. Come on down to LegitMTG.com for all your magic needs and be sure to get that free shipping special. That's LegitMTG.com. Visit today. Man, I wish there were others who liked retro video games like me. Did I hear someone say retro video games? I heard it too, Matt. Well, if you're a fan of retro video games as well as gaming in general, you need to listen to the VCR Gaming Podcast. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Oh god, my house! Zuby here, and I am joined by Coach of the YouTube channel, The Card Bazaar, and I brought him on today to talk about YouTube, um, a little-known card game that we play that not a lot of people know about called Magic the Gathering, and um, just also just talk about um, whatever we feel like talking about. So uh, without further ado, um, would you like to introduce yourself? Well, hey everyone, uh, this is Coach from The Card Bazaar, and well, 
we're gonna talk about magic and other stuff <laughs> and hopefully i could give everyone inside of who i actually am awesome man so how are you doing tonight well um still here still alive um that's always uh, good yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i got off work at probably around like f- five ish today uh with uh trying to go with my offensive li- one, of, one of the other the head offensive line coach going over the, some of the stuff that we're gonna do um for our spring drills for football and getting ready for strength and conditioning for the summer in uh august football because you know texas football is like a religion here and so we gotta take four oh, months okay. to get four months to get ready for two days yep so yep. so so you're in texas are you going to grand prix dallas next week uh i am probably probably not i actually have not been to one of the big events just because um right now like my financial situation is a little bit a little bit difficult until about um september because when i transferred schools um i was going from a 12-month system to where when i transferred over to gregory portland um i had to take a uh if i didn't take the relief that they were giving me so instead of getting paid 12 months i get paid 13 months uh i would have had to wait like 75 days for a paycheck oh damn (laughs) so and i took the 13th month pay so now and with the pay raises that gp is giving us um we get we get like a fifteen hundred dollar a month a raise and then i get another moving up to the high school um i get another two thousand dollars in my stipend so i'm going to be making like more money than if i was a 20-year teacher at the last school wow. i was working with so yeah this well, that's good though yeah this is the highest paying school district in in the corpus um portland area um nice, which man. corpus is like it's about two hours away from the border and Portland's about 15 minutes northwest of that. And it's a small little town that um, is getting like a new oil company. Plus they're getting this, uh, we're getting a new, uh, we have the new Chinese company that came in. I'm not sure, I think they're a plastics company. And so we're getting them in, which it's gonna make our, it's gonna make Portland just explode. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it sounds, um, sounds way better than Tampa right now. Well, te- like Texas is a it's a business state, so but we also like oh yeah for sure. But we also suffer in like other stuff, like like here education's kind of a yeah. But oh, yeah, that's definitely Florida. I mean, education's not the best here either. <laughs> yeah, or or just like just the culture of you know like the students and the parents that are raising the kids of this generation. But overall, like. If I were to be in any school district in the area, it would be the one I'm currently in. I, I love this place. Like you, you get so much support for the for the most part. You get so much support. Um, the pays really the pays the best in within a like seventy or eighty mile area. Um, the only nice. and like you know it would just suffer sometimes is I can't do as much content because there's like a little bit more work to it. But overall, like yeah, I'm still like I don't think YouTube's gonna unless I get like a hundred thousand followers like the professor or like the mana source like it's not gonna you know i won't be able to try on my youtube channel anytime soon no i know what you mean it's i definitely focus more on the podcast aspect of content creation where my youtube channel is definitely secondary i guess you could say because i pretty much just put my podcast episodes up there and let them have at it and i get very little downloads but um yeah it's 
I, I don't see myself unless I'm getting like Joe Rogan level of downloads on my podcast. I don't see myself ever quitting my full time job and doing this full time. Yeah. So I don't I don't even know if I could honestly. It would because this is such a passion of mine. And while I know a lot of people say do what you love, you know, as a job. I mean, I kind of already do what I love as a job. I'm I'm in healthcare IT, so. It's I love working on computers, servers, and networks and all that. But if I had to do like podcasting as a job, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a that's a tough one. Like me, if I, you know, if I could maybe teach like two or three classes and then like coach football or coach track, like do some yeah. other coaching, it would, that'd be perfect. But so far, I'm teaching like five fifty-five minute classes, and that's like on top of your other assignments, it's kind of a, it's kind of a bruiser, but you know, when I move up to the high school next year, they're gonna, they're gonna cut one of my classes, which I'm gonna have four, two athletic periods and a conference period. And that's like, I've never taught four classes. Like I've always taught five, oh, wow. or, I've always taught five or six. It, I've always taught a full load and it's, you know, getting up to the high school at Portland, any coach that goes up there, the max is like four classes. So it's like, you know, GP really knows how to take care of their coaches. That's really cool, though, man. Like, congrats on that new position. Thank um, you. So, I, I guess getting into a little bit of content creation, how long have you been doing YouTube for now? Well, let's see. It's April. So, about four months. The Card Bazaar will be about two years old. So, August 9th, that's our, like, I guess our two year anniversary. So, about three and a half months, I would say. Um, but we really started out, you know, as like a gaming channel first. But since okay. the gaming stuff was like so saturated, um, oh yeah, we switched. You know, I switched over to something. You know, we we liked magic and stuff. Like me and my older brother, we played magic a little bit. But I remember one day we were trying to come up with stuff for the YouTube channel, whether it was like League of Legends or whether it was like history stuff. Since I was a history teacher at the time, and all of a sudden. I remember, you know, I was laying in bed. This was probably maybe a Monday or Tuesday night during like, uh, during the school year. So during like football season, the beginning of football season. And okay. like, I remember just coming up with the idea of like, what about doing the hit history of like the card set? So I get on my phone and I'm looking through like stuff of like, just, I want to know more about like alpha and beta, or I want to know more about you know, visions, or I want to know about the, the Weatherlight series. And there hasn't, there actually hasn't been a big history on some of the carts. It's like they, you got some here and there, but not like a whole yeah. series dedicated to it. So I, yeah, for sure. I talked to my older brother and I talked to our, our former partner at the time, um, who's the League of Legends person that we were trying to come up with stuff. And I was like, how about like trying this out? How about trying like, documenting the history like a visual history of um the magic gathering sets and they thought at first it was like oh this probably won't work and then the first episode comes out and it's like okay and actually we didn't do the magic one starting off we actually started off with two episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh before we actually transitioned to magic because that's what we knew oh, first okay. so we did legend of blue eyes white dragon and then we did metal raiders and they were getting some hits and then we do the first episode of car anthology and you know we get about four and within like 
a, you know, like a month or so, like four or 500 views. And then as we start doing more, then we're starting to see like, you know, a gradual progression. And now yeah. that first episode of Carnthology is at like 25,000 views, or it's getting close to 25,000 views, I think. And then the other episodes are like sitting at, you know, like the Arabian Nights and um, Antiquities are sitting at like 10,000. And then the rest are sitting anywhere from like, you know, John's episodes hit like 6,000 views. Um, everywhere else is like anywhere from like 3,000 to like 5,000 views, like depending on what set it is. Cause I guess the views are relatable to like, oh, this set was like not such a good set. Or hey, <laughs> yeah. or like like homelands. Homelands didn't get a lot of views. Uh, neither did Ice no, Age. There's a, there's a reason why. Yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> like Ice Age for a long time, I, my Ice Age video was like everything else has like three, you know, two or three thousand views, and Ice Age, you know, it's been out for a while, and it's like six hundred views. Like I guess nobody likes Ice Age. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, finally, like I guess people started coming around and you know, yeah. now Ice Age is like back up where like everything else is. But for a long time, like there were some episodes where it was not getting any love whatsoever. And now it's like I'll, I release a video, you know, probably within the week I'll get about 1,500 to 2,000 views. People are like commenting on it. Um, and then what we're trying to do is uh well I, well I say we and it's really me because my older brother has um, stopped with the actual production of stuff. Um, yeah. When we did the timeline video, that was all me. Like um, all forty or fifty hours that I put into recording and finding the pictures and editing. Um, that was a pain. That was a that was a pain. But I know YouTube was going on watch time, so. You know, when I made the timeline video, I was like, okay, maybe this will help out. And now, like within a month or like two months, that timeline video is closing in on fifteen thousand views. I'm like, I know that's, that's awesome. I was man. like, oh, like we gotta do more. <laughs> we gotta do more of these like one hour episodes. But it's like, do I really want to spend four weekends trying to like, yeah, you know, hurt myself mentally and probably physically trying to come up with large content like this. So I do the large, I'm gonna do the large videos every once in a while. Like um, I was talking to John about maybe doing like a, a car anthology style larger video, but do it over the evolution of the core sets. So- That'd be cool. So like, right, yeah, I'm, and I'm coming up, if you if you see my list right here, you know, I know we're on Skype right now, so the so the, your podcast audience yeah, can't the, see the, audi the audio audience is like, what what's he holding up um, there? But we have like I'm I'm making notes of of stuff, and I'm trying to find good ways to transition from Alpha Beta Unlimited to like revised Fourth Edition, and on all the way to Origins, yeah. and then finish up with, oh, you thought corsets were done? Boom, 2019, it's coming out. Yeah. So and that that was that'd be really cool though. Yeah, um, I just gotta find like yeah, that's the big, that's the big thing is how do I want to format it, and how are my like the actual information transitions are gonna be, and I probably need to make sure I definitely sort my sizes, even though I use the same people like over and over and over again, because um, I use the Gamepedia website for the card anthology stuff plus doing the notable cards i use tcg player and i also use um what was it nisa was telling me um mtg top eight for like all the oh, okay. for all the like top eight stuff so i use like three or four yeah. different websites so but 
you know, with the stuff that happened with Sybin today and yesterday, it was just like, man, like, okay, we just got to make sure we, yeah, please everyone, which is, yeah, which is impossible, yeah. but we're going to try. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's one of the cool things that's about your content is, you know, a lot of Magic the Gathering content creators, not all, but there's a lot, you know, they do the boxings and the deck techs and all that. And that kind of content's not evergreen content where your kind of content that you make, you know, something you made a year ago can still be relevant to today. And that, you know, and that's what I was like going for was how, how the playability is going to be because, you know, watching YouTube stuff, um, you know, I get nostalgic sometimes with some of the video games that I play. So like if, if I don't want to spend like 30 hours spending, like playing Final Fantasy four, like I did like two summers ago, <laughs> yeah. I, you, I watched the YouTube videos over, uh, it's called recapitation and it goes over like the main parts of the series. So these videos yeah. are like four or five years old and yet I'm still like very intrigued about how it was presented, right. how it was formed. Um, so that's what I was shooting for. It's like, you know, I don't want my content, I don't want my content to die and box openings and all this stuff. It's not, go it, it's going to die out within the month and I want my stuff to, it, it's history. I'm document, I'm trying to document, uh, yes, I know it's a card game, but I'm trying to document history of some of the stuff we play. Now, me personally, I'm, I'm 27 years old. I've only been playing Magic for I'm I think I'm I think I'm starting you know I'm about to enter my fourth year of playing, but oh man you know I play I started during cons block so I'm not really I've never lived like John I've never lived or like Jeremy from Monthly Media I've never started at like the very beginning or like the very first sets I started like pretty late, but yeah you know one thing that like some of the older guys appreciate is like getting that nostalgia feeling so someone from an outside perspective looking at it examining it and actually giving a historical perspective of it and a lot of times those guys watch it for nostalgia i know john watches oh, my yeah. stuff definitely for nostalgia purposes because you know that, so what's up sorry to interrupt so when you're saying john um who are you talking oh, about just um, so the audience or, is aware uh, orsoff dunn he is on the he is the the head person of they said we said um, okay. Yeah, I've had him on the podcast. Yeah, definitely, definitely subscribe to him if you can because he has done. Um, I think John has done. I want to say five episodes of Car Anthology um, as as voicing it. He's he's a hell of a lot better than I am with voicing my stuff. Like, and quite <laughs> quite you need to be honest. Quite literally, everyone who's guest voice like Tasty, even though like Tasty Snackies Nick uh, from the channel Tasty Snackies. Even yeah. what he claims, like, oh, I have a lisp. It's like, dude, you still talk way better and more with more enthusiasm than I do. Yeah. Um, or like I had Sybin on the show from Aetherhub, and I had him do, I think it was, I want to say Tempest. And he just, man, he just sounds a hell of a lot better than I ever will. Or just like Kevin from Rogue Deck Builder. I had him on. Or um, Travis from uh, Brain Pulp. So I've had all these different guys yeah on here i've still never had you know i've never had a woman content creator so i was thinking maybe like probably later on down the road either getting maybe bad wolf mtg from from the you know 
who was part of the Aether Hub uh, about a few months ago, maybe getting Nicole. Um, or I think she'd be down for it. Or maybe even like, um, or even like Tracy on um, MTG Goddess. Uh, that's who Tracy oh, is. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's her persona. Or even the the new YouTuber that just came out like not too long ago that Wedge was um, professing about was uh, I think Jordan MTG Sickly. Yeah. So I, you know, I one of those three. I've I've never had a female voice, and that'd be pretty cool to have. So um, maybe sometime during the summer, I could probably ask one of those three, or ask all three of them, and see if they'll be willing to do an episode. Um, I've been talking to Nick, and you know, Nick's most famously known for you know him being the goofball of the of the group, um, doing the Unhinged series. So he's done Unhinged. Yeah. He did Fifth Edition. That was his, his first episode. And, or he did Unglued, I should say, and he's going to do Unhinged, and we're trying to come up with a release date. So it's supposed to be in chronological order, yet life yeah. happens. Nick's like doing his own thing, but uh, he got back to me yesterday. He's just like, when do you want it? I was like, sometime in May. Like, it's your decision. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's all you. You are the be- You are the researcher. You like do everything for the year's episode like you usually do. So I was like, whenever you want to release it. Like, that's fine with me. Like, I yeah. So, but yeah, every guest person, speaker, like better, much better than I am. That's why I like getting the guest speakers. Like, yeah, you make me, you make me look so much better. So, but yeah, it's, I just, you know, overall though, I just, with all the diversity, with all the different speakers and such, you know, I just don't want my content to die out. And so that's why a heavy emphasis on the history portions and like with the timeline, like a lot of people, there wasn't a timeline on there. Like, so I like researched the MTG stuff and I was like, nobody did the timeline. Like, so it's like, I'm going to take it upon myself. Which is crazy. Yeah. Because you'd think by now someone would have done it. There's 25 years of like stuff on here. Like nobody is like bothered to even attempt it. Granted, it took a very long time by myself to pull this one off. And I'm betting if the mana, if Wedge and his crew or Talarian, like if they want to do it, they're going to do so much better than I do because they got a team working on it and he's, they'll do it much better than I do. But nobody did it. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I'm just like, if this works, fantastic. If not, I tried. And, you know, weirdly enough, it is like my second most successful video, but it's probably going to eclipse that first Carnthology video in about... I want to say like on the progress is going on the rate it's going at maybe a month and a half it's going to be past that hopefully that'll be within the year that'll be my first hundred thousand view video which hopefully i'll get some more subs out of it no that's that's awesome though man (sighs) but it took a long time and it's a lot of effort and i recommend no sane person trying to pull that off (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah i want to try evolution of the corsets I want to try to maybe post a poll on Twitter and try to see what other long videos, because the long videos, that's what everyone, that's what YouTubers are going for now. And that's how you grow your channel. That's how you also make more money now too. If you're, um, if you, uh, what do they call it? Partnered or yeah, like I, or see, whatever they call it. And I've never really looked into the partner stuff. I probably should. Um, I, I do have Patreon and PayPal, but it's like, if I get anything, it's like, I think I have one patron giving me like a dollar to what, whatever. Um, oh, I, I know that Patreon uh, struggle. It's um, I've only got one as well. Not saying that this is a hint, hint. I need more people to pay me, <laughs> but it's like it, it's and this is the frustrating thing with content creation that 
you and I were talking about right before we recorded, there could be someone brand new that comes on the scene and just explodes and blows up and, you know, and it's like they could be doing similar content that you're doing and you're just like, what am I doing wrong? (laughs) Oh, yeah. You, You know what I mean? It's like, because I see that with other podcasts as well, too, where it's like, damn, I've been around two years now and, you know, it's like all these other people getting so much love and it's not that they're doing anything special, you know? It's just it's the luck of the draw. Yeah. I think a lot of times. I mean that's 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 a big thing too. Or like we were talking earlier, like you know sometimes if you're a person who's attractive, you usually get more attention. Whether it's a guy, girl, whatever, you usually get more attention, and people will start paying attention. Like me, for instance, I'm one ugly bastard. So um, if you've seen some, so, of my, wait, are, so are, are are we ugly bastards then? Right now, I think you are much, han- <laughs> sir. I think you are way more handsome than I will ever be. So let's just uh, we'll put. I will just put that out there. Yeah, I am one <laughs> ugly bastard on my part, which is probably why I'm not getting a lot of views or subscribers as I should be getting. But you know, but um, like for instance, like the the new person that came out, um, who was it? Jordan MTG Sickly. Yeah, she like exploded because well, one of the reasons I think was she got uh, a little bit of push from Wedge at uh, the Manasaurus, which is not you know I'm not bashing Wedge or anything, but you know that kind of push helps. Like for me, for instance, oh, it definitely helps. But, yeah, like me for instance, um, whether Wedge will support my content, I have no idea. Or uh, Tulane Community College, probably not. Even though uh, he has at one point in time retweeted a. Uh, I remember he retweeted one of my videos. It was over. It was something me and John did. John wrote the script for it. it oh, it was um, when Amonkhet came out, and everyone was doing the pre-release or the pre-releases or like the preview cards. And so, as a gag, we like we came up with this. Is it the movie trailer? Yes, the one? movie trailers. I I, I enjoyed that. And, that uh, was that was funny. Yeah, the the Amonkhet one. That was that was definitely my favorite. Um. So we did a gag about like all the preview cards everyone's been showing and like and <laughs> and weirdly enough, like, you know, what I was trying to push for as the narrator was to um have like the South Park like narration, um yeah. like the Trey Park or is it I think uh was it Matt Stone, Trey Parker, that kind of like yeah. narration to it and somehow it worked and then my older brother wanted to do the narration. He was trying to mimic it. And he was like, I give up. After like four hours, like, I give up. You're like, we'll just, we'll just stay with your recording. And so we put the pictures up. We put some scenes up from like the mummy, I think. And like people liked it. Like I know uh, a Desolator was the one that saw it. And he retweeted it too. And he was like, I'm di- like I died and I'm still laughing from the grave. Um, Tolarian retweeted That's it. Awesome. And then like just a whole bunch of people um, were like riled up about it. Or... Uh, like in the summer, I also want to do like since it's an election year for Congress, I want to do more political ads. And so for me, <laughs> like uh, I think Nicol Bolas has to start read running for his congressional seat or presidential seat in the Amonkhet storyline. So uh, we might have to bring big old um, Nikki Bolas back from the back from the or his uh, reelection well, campaign. Well, what you could do? Well, I'm trying to think because. I know in the story of Dominaria right now, Liliana is going to eventually betray the Gatewatch and go Nicobolas. So you can't really use her because you can almost do like a Trump versus Hillary type thing. Um, you, where, you could. But, I mean, or or you could just do where Nicobolas is, 
you know, wh- whoever opponent you make, he's just constantly going sad, wrong the whole time. <laughs> well, the the whole idea of the political gate, the Gatewatch political ad, and this was like, oh, that's I, right, you, I forgot you did. That yeah, one this too. was freaking Kevin. Like, Kevin kept, uh, you know, when I was, when Kevin was like doing a, um, a stream with me. He was like, "You need to do more of the like the political ad stuff," because I thought it was freaking hilarious. So, because yeah. it was uh, the political ad was about the Gate Watch and how they were like not mistreating the drugs, but uh, essentially what I did it in the narration was that they were killing them and murdering them like they were like some <laughs> yeah. like they were some third world country that like <laughs> oh yeah, even though we all know the Eldrazi are evil. I put it to the context for where like the Eldrazi are like these poor individuals and like they're getting just destroyed and murdered and by the You can almost make it you can almost make it seem like the Gatewatch is America coming to a town to liberate them. And on and on top of that, it's like, you know, with the Eldrazi we go from like um, Zendikar to Innistrad and then to like some of the you know Kaladesh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're well uh, but we were we started off with Zendikar, and it's like, oh, they were killing and mur- getting murdered by the Gatewatch, and then they get well, to in, no, and th- th- they he, they weren't killing and murdering; they were liberating, liberating. <laughs> we can go with that with the Gatewatch. For, they were liberating, but I did it in the context where, oh, uh, their homework, like the the Eldrazi's homeworld, had just gotten destroyed, and they need to go to Zendikar <clears> to find <throat> a new home. They're refugees, yeah. And then they go to Innistrad because the Gatewatch <laughs> is like destroying them, and then the Gatewatch follows them, and like just like they can't catch like the Eldrazi can't catch a break. And then we get to the Eldrazi Ka- were they, they were afraid of freedom. Oh yeah, and then uh, <laughs> Kaladesh. We get to Kaladesh, and like we made I made the assumption that um, uh, Tezzeret is like the vice president of Nicol Bolas, and then we see Amonkhet like oh President Bolas, um, come save us from the 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 gate watch and we get these endor we get the what is it the political endorsements that you see on the political ads like i yeah. i'm a uh, senator corn from texas and i support like whatever conservative movement yeah um, or i approve of this message and so as to like top it off you know besides me giving my own endorsement to myself and my own video um i got orsoff done so i got john from they said we said so he was he did it and then i uh got Sybin to do it too. So Sybin's like on there, but Sybin did it to where it's like super secretive, like I support, and then he's like looking around, like the original is I support, and he like looks around, and he's like, Nicol Bolas. And so I edited, (laughs) and so I edited it to where it's like, I support, and I cut it, I cut like the the five seconds he's looking around, and I mash it. He's like, I support Nicol Bolas. And it's like it was perfect. It was absolutely beautiful. I need so I need to do more of that stuff because, you know, yeah. being a political uh, being a like a history teacher, like you're you see that stuff like all the time, and so you know people are just like you know I don't think people are going to get offended by me poking fun at the weight the gate watch or nickel bolus or any of that. But hell, people get offended by the timeline because I did the movie style intro. Like the last two comments I got. Or like for the love of God, like would you like just yeah the the the, uh, the intro is like way too long, so it's like man, I was just trying to hook everyone in. It's like oh, this is like a yeah. movie, 
And so everyone. Well, hey, it, it, it's good when you get hate comments because oh, that means oh, yeah. people are watching your stuff. It's it's. I very rarely get hate comments, and when I do, it's like I get excited and show my wife. I'm like, oh my god, look, someone hated my stuff. <laughs> that means they took the time to listen to you and tell you how much you suck. Well, it wasn't maybe. It wasn't like for the timeline. It wasn't the. It wasn't. They didn't say anything about you know the rest of the timeline, like the first. I guess it might have been a negative, more negative comment, but uh, they're like, "Oh, skip to two and two and a half minutes. The intro is too long." Or like the the last one I got was, <laughs> "I don't mean to say, I don't uh, don't want to sound mean, but the intro is way too effing long." And so it's like, "Oh, oh well." And then I just I replied yeah. to both comments. Like the last one I posed, like um, noted. So now I'm just gonna cut down the intros, or maybe not do an intro at all. I really don't care, but. Um, so if, I guess people just want us to jump right into stuff, which yeah, I could see yeah, that because I it's, I do that too with like oh short attention oh. spans. So, but it's yeah, especially when there's some YouTubers that they always have those stupid long intros just to show their name or whatever. It's like a twenty second little intro to show their name. I'm like, oh my god, come on, let's go. I don't care about you know you're showing your channel name and all that. Well, yeah, I think I think that's the only time I'm gonna really do that big of an intro, just to like, because I was like pr- playing around with music, I was playing around with uh, some other stuff, and like, so I made the intro video, and which I posted first just to give a preview yeah. of the timeline, just so everyone knows I'm actually working on the dang thing, and then it's like when the timeline came out, I I must have did this like five times, like I I would export it on to Filmora, I'd watch it. There's a mistake. Mm-hmm. Go back to Filmora, re-export it. Oh, yep. no, and, and mistakes that I don't pick up is like. <sighs> so finally, I got to like the fifth time I export it. It's like you know what? Whatever mistakes, just I don't care at this point. Like I'm, like I have to like I just wasted five hours just like making sure everything was perfect. And it's like at this point, I don't care. Like, and then people I guess liked it because now it's like 25 views away from 15,000. So. And that's awesome. Whatever. It's like, you know, I, I give up. So if people don't like it, fine. Like, I tried. I tried to do justice for this community. Yeah. So do you um still get out and get to play Magic? Like F&M or anything? <sighs> no. Um, no. Yeah, I know. Oh, no. I know. Very sad. <laughs> like, uh, we just had track season, so like, really that put me, it put me off uh, for a little bit. But um, I guess... You know, Dominaria coming out. I might get back into like the physical paper magic, but mostly like yeah. for my time and just how I, you know, I, you know, how I try to spend time with my fiance a little bit more um, on the weekends. Um, I, I, you know, I result mostly to MTGO, and it, to me, it's cheaper. Okay. It's easier. Yeah, I could play. It, it, it is cheaper, and it's... I could like play with whoever, or I could get in those um, the tournaments online, like if I wanted to, but. And you can do leagues at any time. Like you want to wake up at two a.m. and draft. You know, there you go. Yeah, it's um, it's so it's very like reasonable, um, and it's you know you could just play whenever. Um, now for my local mm-hmm. gaming store, you know, I think the last time I played Paper Magic was maybe about three months ago, right before track started, and so, you know, I was playing at Black White Vampires and I didn't do so hot, so I was like, eh. Track's about to start. I don't want to really invest too much more money into this right yeah. now. Maybe I'll wait to the next set, which I I didn't know it'd be Dominaria at the time. So um, now with the this big history set coming in, I was like, mm, 
might get back into it. I might have to contact Kevin and give me some booster boxes from his store since I'm a patron. Like the booster boxes he get, uh, I get from him are like cheaper. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I might I might get back to it. I'm not sure, but the pay, like the uh, online magic for me, even though people bash um, Moto all the time, it's like to me it's just easier for my schedule. Um, oh yeah, for sure. You know, and I, and eventually I want to get to like, um, oh my gosh, Hearthstone, uh, the Blizzard, the no, don't do it, don't do no, it, no, no, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> well, uh, okay, well let me put it this way, Hearthstone, it, it's a good game, it's fun. I played it since uh, closed beta, and then played it for like I think two years after it was officially released. Yeah, and it was. But I just got really deep into it. But they came out with a few sets where the randomness was a little bit too much. Where and what I mean by randomness in Hearthstone, there's literally cards that you play. It's like fifty percent chance to do X Y Z, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And when they came out with too many of those kind of cards, it just became too much about luck and not enough about skill. Yeah. And and it just got to a point where I'm just like, all right, screw this. I don't have time for this, and I'm done. And I just haven't really got, gotten back since. I've heard it's better now, but I just don't have enough money to dump into Hearthstone and Magic at the same time. Well, it's like with uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. I, I know uh, a good portion of Yu-Gi-Oh has like the flip coins or the random discard yeah. stuff. Um, I, you know, I started off playing Yu-Gi-Oh with the old school sets, like playing with Dark Magician and um, Blue Eyes White Dragon, which was one of my favorite cards, like still to this day is those two cards. Yeah. Um, like with Blue Eyes, you know, like years ago, finally getting Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. I've been waiting for this and it's like five bucks. It's like, you know, to me as a kid, I was like, oh, this is like <laughs> so awesome. And so it, it's like uh, when, some people tell me stories of like, oh, I got these dual lands, and like I traded my dual lands for a Shivan Dragon because dragons were badass at that time, and not knowing yep. that this would be a six hundred dollar card, like ten years later. Um, uh, for me, also, yeah. uh, for me, also, I, I like to play Pokemon a little bit more than Yu-Gi-Oh. Pokemon's more relatable to Magic because, well, one, Wizards created the Pokemon trading card game yeah. before it got retaken yeah, started before it. they got yeah. retaken over by Nintendo, which is that's cool. And it's, and it's like similar to magic, but also to me playing the online version of Pokemon, you know, there's more, I, I think the inner, to me, the interface one, the interface is much cooler. Um, yes, more sound effects. Also on top of that, whatever booster packs you buy physically, you get a booster pack online for free. Yep. And same with the whatever kind of like intro decks or dual decks they have, you can you get a code to unlock that deck online yeah, too, which I really like. That's something that I think Wizards needs to really look into, and really not to me. I don't want it for Arena because I don't know how well Arena is going to do, but they're doing it for the Aust- Are you in the beta at all? Nope. For I, uh, like, like really nicks my eyes and ears for arena so whatever he does i kind of like i like just see his tweets and you know kind of see his feedback because he's like to me he's one of the more honest honest people to like look into but i might get into it also like the brawl format i was looking at moto and there's like a brawl section i was like hmm a commander a standard commander so it's interesting i mean i haven't tried it yet personally but it looks interesting but going back to arena arena has a lot of potential yeah and a lot of with the new economy updates that wizards just announced 
has me a little bit more excited about it. Um, and that there is the possibility of getting booster pack redeem codes in your physical booster packs now. Um, they're only testing it in New Zealand right now. It's not worldwide. So um, so th that, that does get me more excited that, hey, all these booster boxes that I buy every set, I now have the ability to possibly draft with them on MTG Arena. So that does get me excited. Um, I think it still has a long way to go in terms of if they want to compete against Hearthstone, essentially, because the way you have to build decks is you just have to grind so much as of right now. Even with the new changes, there's still so much grinding, and it's not like Moto where you can just, oh, there's a cool deck you want to play? Okay, just go buy it. Yeah. You know? You can't do that in Arena right now. Yeah, that's kind of... Uh, to me, I think that's a little bit of a downside, but... If, yeah. if you're saying it has potential, then you know I might give it a I might give it a try. Um, maybe. Yeah, I mean, especially when it comes out, it's going to be free when it comes out when it's fully released. So, I, it's a, what's the harm in just giving it a shot? You know, it's it's already far and away way better than Magic Duels when that was out on Steam. Oh yeah, it's way better than that. So that already has that going for it. And plus, you're going to be able to draft on it too and play sealed. So. And if you can play draft and sealed and maybe pay one or two dollars because you got the physical booster pack, you know, with the code and you just put it on arena and like, oh, you got to pay one to two bucks to be able to draft with it. I'm OK with that. You know, absolutely. I, you know, I as long hopefully they just hopefully like they like uh, get a home run off of this because I'll I hope so. They need it for their digital space. They and if you've heard past episodes of my podcast, you know that I'm really harsh on their digital area. It's it's not good at all. Yeah, uh, it's so. I don't know. It's just like you know, I like I like Moto a lot. Uh, it's just I know people have criticisms about like still the game bugs or the oh yeah or the it, just the interface. Whereas where like uh, Pokemon sometimes like you know Pokemon has like you know a leg up in as far as like visual appeal mm -hmm. and playability and they're really fast yep. games so and on top of that oh yeah um with the with the codes if they did that for moto like you would see a crap ton more people like going into mtgo and pro and maybe even playing those higher formats or, or the the higher levels of tournament play online oh, with yeah, like those sure. 35 40 tickets which would generate like a pretty good amount of money so there might be a trade-off but it you know to me thinking about it like it might go a little bit more in wizard's favor so but i wish they would update the system like with like visual appeal you know but i i don't i don't think they are now i mean there, there may be if i had to guess with arena there might be a slight ui update maybe in the next couple of years but um, I wouldn't expect anything drastic because they're going to probably focus more on arena more than anything. Yeah, and like, what's what sucks is like I like the three main card games like Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Magic. It's a, like two of them have like two of them have a pretty solid, you know, online interface, and then you get to Yu-Gi-Oh. It's like, well, there's a there's a person who made such and <laughs> such, and you know what. I'll play the dual the dual disc um, stuff on there on the online stuff, and it's like it's okay, and you can like yeah. all the cards are on there, but it's just like, you know every single card that's ever been made is on there. It's just like a lot of times opponents disconnect or they like the plays don't work and it crashes a lot. It man, I'll tell you what, if they 
if Konami can make ever make a solid Yu-Gi-Oh interface, I, I think you would be seeing that. Yu Yu-Gi-Oh would get a good like revitalization. Um, especially with YouTubers, you know, there's a decent amount of YouTubers that do Yu-Gi-Oh. If there's a good online interface, you know, with some you know, it's a little bit more simpler or people have more access to it, you'll see like a good jump in Yu-Gi-Oh sales, I would think. And if they pull something like Pokemon, you could definitely see like you I think to me you would definitely see like a higher amount of interest in it you know you know i know take tacy's got bass for like oh i'm getting back into casual playing Yu-Gi-Oh, and everyone like just gives them shit for it. it's like dude let the guy play like the different stuff like isn't <laughs> isn't that what we're all yeah. about is diversity so it's like you know people get like uh, I'm, i don't think i've ever gotten bass for playing Yu-Gi-Oh, but I, I think if i were to put it up publicly and constantly or have pictures of it like people would probably like oh like Yu-Gi-Oh sucks like dude like it's yeah it's another... it, it does it does get a bad rap yeah especially with the magic community because they look at it as a lesser card game but um you know speaking that you play pokemon have you tried that dragon ball z uh, card game no that new one, really, or dragon ball super i really want to and i'm just like i'm looking at the card I, th- I think you would enjoy it because it's very similar to pokemon yeah um, and it, it, the, there is, so for, I've only played a few games of it, uh, just some intro decks and, um, it's similar to Pokemon to where instead of prize cards that you put to the side, mm-hmm. it's it, the, you put out eight cards instead of six and that those eight cards are considered your life, so to speak. So, excuse me. So when you, um, you know, when a bad guy or your opponent attacks you and hits you, you get to pick up, you know, that many cards depending on how much damage they do to you. And um, it's weird because you're the some of your cards, instead of having a mana base, it's some of the characters you have in your hand can be used as mana or what they call energy because mm-hmm. you're summoning energy for like Goku or some shit. Um, re- really cool. I would look into it because it's a lot of fun. Um, Unfortunately, I don't, I'm not going to be spending a lot of money in it. Just probably play intro decks because uh, yeah, yeah. The local at my uh, local game store, which um, it got, it just got new management or it got a, a new set of owners. So our store is called uh, Game uh, the Gamers Den, and it's for us. It's like 20 minutes away from my house, and so I went over there to trade some cards in to get some stuff for the store. And they now have a section for Dragon Ball Z, and I'm like looking at the art like. This is like, you know, how the old, when I do the card anthology stuff and the old eyes get nostalgic, I'm looking at the art and like, oh, that's my childhood right there as far as like yep. the TV show. You know, I, I grew Hell yeah, I, I grew up, the first episodes I watched of Dragon Ball Z were probably the Frieza saga. And then knowing that there was like, you know, the Raditz, uh, Raditz and the stuff before that, you know, that kind of, or when the, the, Saiyan, the Saiyan saga, before the Frieza saga, like watching that, it was like, it was like, wow. Like, and then knowing that there's a series before that Dragon Ball, it's like a yep. hundred and something yep. episodes. Like, man, like, so my, my freshman year of college, you know, I, I did track and field, but after practice, dude, I would binge watch so many Dragon Ball episodes. Like I, I do like a little bit of homework, like before track practice or as much as I could. And then like, 
I didn't go party my freshman year. I like watched Dragon Ball. Like, I had like three, four <laughs> friends come over. We'd clear the beds and all that, and like make like like a like little fort like little fortresses, like little uh, just and just watch Dragon Ball. Like, we had a projector. It just it was like a it, it got to like a sixty inch diagonal screen, and we watched we watched we would watch like because there were twenty minute episodes, twenty two minute episodes. Uh, I'm thinking we watched maybe about 12, 15 episodes like easily every day and just watched Dragon Ball. And then like the second semester came, we got to Dragon Ball Z, got all the way through like Cell Saga. We we're getting to the uh, uh, the the Saiyaman uh, saga or the, uh, the Boo saga. And it was just like, man, yep. it was just so my childhood is like is getting redeemed like right now. And I'm looking at those cards. Yes. I'm like, I'm like starting to tear up. Dude, like, oh. it, it, it's, it's really nice. Um, I'm actually rewatching Dragon Ball Z right now. I've got the Funimation um, monthly service that I have. Yeah. Um, so it's like six bucks a month, and you get access to all of Dragon Ball, and um, you get Dragon Ball Z Super and GT, which we don't like to talk about GT. It's not canon anymore. I was so sad when that happened, but I, well, I mean, and. I, I, at first I was sad and then I went back and had to watch and just watch some episodes of GT it's bad it's when, when I was younger yeah I enjoyed it but you go back and try watching it's like oh god this is bad <laughs> it's uh, yeah. some of the thro- I, like some of the throwback characters that they brought back were like uh, what was it Android 17 or Super Android 17 yeah. I was like that was like okay that's cool but like the first few episodes of GT is kind of like eh this is like iffy like yeah like baby like really and then they brought to me they when they brought super android 17 i was like he looks cool like i, I we know how android 17 looks but it's like super android 17 a little bit longer hair and just like more malicious yeah. than what you thought it's just like man you know i could get into this and then like super saiyan 4 with the monkey tail i thought that to me personally i like that look but then I start- it, it, it is cool it's um it's sad that it's Th- that is probably the one part I find sad that it's not canon anymore is Super Saiyan 4 because yeah. um, n- now they have the Super Saiyan Blue Super Saiyan God thing now which it's just another Super Saiyan per- it, instead of gold hair it's blue hair now mm-hmm. and like but, su- um, Super to me um, I watched a good number of episodes I, I'm, I'm enjoying it right now so um, I need to catch up on the last 10 episodes because i stopped at like i'm gonna say episode i think i was in the 30s and they i think they just got to they just dubbed like to 45 i think or they're i think they just got into 50 so like i'm gonna start watching those let let me ask you this do you can do you watch the dub or the sub dub to me like i I can't do that uh and the reason like i don't like the (laughs) It's just that the voices I'm not used to, like growing up, it's like, it's like that's not how Goku sounded. So I watched the. See, I'm I'm the opposite with that man. It's um. So I did when I first started watching it. Obviously, it was the dubbed, you know, the American voices. Yeah. But it was sometime in high school. Um, one of my friends had like, because it, it was at one point where, uh, oh, not Funimation. Um, it was Toonami, the Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Um. They, they wouldn't show anything at the Boo Saga at the time. And I wanted, and I know the Boo Saga was out and I wanted to watch it. So my buddy got all of the Japanese um, Majin Buu tapes 
for us to watch and so i just got hooked on the japanese voices from there on and it's now when i go back and try to watch american um dragon ball or anything i'm like oh i can't do this it sounds way too weird to me well like i I watched a little bit of the uh you know every now and then just like if it was like not dubbed i would watch the other episodes and like to me they were okay it's just like i couldn't get into like goku sounding like with that higher pitched voice and like to me yeah um if i'm reading a subtitle and it's not the language that i'm like you know that that i know uh it's like sometimes i have a hard time or i like sometimes to me i get irritated because when i watch my movies i don't know most people don't do this but i i need to put the subtitles on because sometimes like you know I have a hard time hearing certain characters, so I need yeah. the subtitles, and that—that's just I, I'm exact same way. Yeah, yeah. But it's like so, I, I need this, like like Westworld. I watched the new season of Westworld. I needed the subtitles, even though they're freaking huge at the bottom. It's like I need, yeah. I need to have the subtitles on so I could fully understand what they're saying. Because sometimes they, like me, like sometimes I'll mumble, or they'll like there's something like okay, I don't know how that pronounced word is spelled, and I can't picture in my head i can't so i need to have the subtitles like just reaffirm it yep. but yeah i'm down dude i'm down for trying out that dragon ball game like it's you know it, the art looks super cool like oh, yeah. and it's just yeah i can give it the a try. card stock is better yeah um <laughs> but the, well the only and the only reason i saw that the dragon ball stuff was i was going to my game store i was turning in stuff to like get store credit for to buy dungeons and dragons so and I was buying. Ooh, so you're a D and D person. I finally, probably last year, I finally got into it. I was uh, my old per- nice. my old professor. Um, I asked him about. I was like, I want to try Dungeons and Dragons. Do you ever have you ever played it? And like with a big grin on his face, he's like, Oh, <laughs> do I play it? And he just all this all I, he's got miniatures galore. Which now I'm getting in yeah. more into miniatures. Um, but I, you know, I like to get the, even before I got into D and was getting into the history miniatures, like, um, the, Ro- the Romans and the Greek hoplites, uh, or cool. like the Persians, because I had a world history class. I wanted to bring some, some models and show the kids, oh, these are what they look like. And some of the different formations. And then I started getting into it where I could use these characters, like, cause I want to DM like a short session just to get the feel of it. Yeah. So my story right now is I am setting up to where it's like a Star Wars themed Dungeon and oh, Dragon okay. session. So what I'm doing is I'm going to take the the hoplites, the Greek hoplites, and I'm going to try to paint them fully armored in stormtrooper uh, color scheme. Nice. And so I like that. And when I finally did it, and it came out really smooth. I was actually very surprised. When I deal with the Romans, the the like the Roman legionaries, um, it was okay. I think I need to change some of the black to like more white or vice versa. Mm-hmm. I like, change up the color scheme with the stormtrooper look. But you know what I want to do is I want to do a rebel versus alliance, or I want to do like since we're a, since I'm teaching about the Civil War in my class, I want to do like maybe a Civil War style, like the country's torn apart and there's these two sides, and have like these stormtrooper you know looking guys and. The thing is, all right, you got to take over this base. Inside of this base, there is a there's a whole bunch of weapons. Um, there is a catapult and there's a ballista that we could use to siege maybe a castle, maybe the wall. And so you got to take out this small outpost of like thirty guys with 
So is this like medieval Star Wars or something like that? Yeah, or? in a sense. Well, I'm debating. To me, I'm debating because you know probably next week, since I'm not since we're getting the Civil War, um, I do want to introduce the idea of like muskets because you know the pirates like 15th century pirates and 16th century pirates um, they were using muskets and, and like most militaries were using muskets. So yeah. I do want to introduce the concept of guns. However, I want to introduce to where, you know, in my setting, and I'm trying to figure out how to really transition this quite well, maybe get into the theme of magic versus technology, and maybe introduce the percussion cap rifle um, instead of like, you know, going from maybe the blunderbuss or the hand cannon and like just over time with maybe some magical intricacies get into the percussion cap, like which is a far advanced than like say the revolutionary rifles. And on top of that, you know, I'm making some legendary or some prototype weapons and you know, two thing, I have two firearms in there. One is like a long range percussion cap rifle. like, a, And I list yeah. it as a prototype rifle. So we don't know how this works or they're trying to figure this out. And the other one was like a Colt revolver, like a prototype revolver, just so like, something new the concept is new to like oh technology is now starting to turn to where we're about to become more industrial however most of our theme background is medieval so there is magic but if normal people start having guns they could kill possibly these wizards faster or easier which means you know and i'm taking some concepts from i don't know if you've played lost odyssey back from a 2008 where it's like a final fantasy themed um oh no 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 no! i'm thinking of a completely different game well, no. yeah well i highly recommend that game by the way because i love that game it's like the same composer who did the final fantasy games he did the lost odyssey soundtrack and it just sounds absolutely beautiful like the set like nobu Uematsu is just one of the best oh, composers out there i, I love him and so he yep. did the lot yeah look up the if you want i say on youtube look up the lost odyssey soundtrack it is just to me it's oh it's only on xbox yeah no. but it's 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 absolutely fantastic like i love that game it's it you know it's it's a lot of cinematics too so it's like watching a movie you know while playing a game and it's just gorgeous effort for its time it was an absolutely you know great storyline but oh and one of the designers was hironobu sakaguchi the final fantasy mm-hmm. guy Oh, that's awesome. So they got the composer and the director. Yes. Um, but so I want to take themes from the Lost Odyssey stuff. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, so I want a mostly medieval background, but I also want to get to the point where, yeah, magic and stuff, dragon, dragon riders and stuff like the yeah. medieval air force. Cause I want to have like a medieval, a medieval air force with like dragon riders. But I also want to have like, Oh, the common people are now going to have guns and stuff to where, you know, if they wanted to cause an uprising, now they got a pistol or now they have. So or, l- l- let me ask you this up? for. Um, so do you have the Dungeon Master's Guide for the fifth edition? Dungeon Master's Guide, the player's guide. I got Prince of the Apocalypse last week. Okay. Just to give me an idea of how do I want to set up my campaign. So I want to take the format of Prince of the Apocalypse and. Uh, the Curse of Strahd and Curse of Strahd's a good one. The the only reason I asked about Dungeon Master's Guide because they have like guns in there yeah. that you can use to show you like, hey, how much damage they can do and 
you know how what what the range is how how to reload and all that stuff just to help your guys out yeah and that's on there and that's what i was like you know i haven't i actually have not because i got the dungeon master guys right before i went to mexico uh for our vacation me and my fiance just had a she was the maid of honor for our friend's wedding so we were heading over there so i got it off the you know i i couldn't get it at the store they were they were out so i ordered on amazon they finally came in but i didn't actually open it so you oh, know okay. probably this weekend um i'll start cracking that and lo- like looking through all that stuff so but yeah. you know i want to make like a one a one shot first maybe like a one hour one shot and then if our party if our group of friends likes i might expand upon it so um but i want to oh, yeah. i want the format of like well i'm looking at prince of the apocalypse i want to see how it's formatted and i want to kind of copy the format and just put my own stuff in and just go from there and see pos- and see how it works and you know i'll probably make like a bunch of edits like along the way like anybody does oh yeah for sure um but yeah if you if you ever have any kind of dming questions let me know because um i'm one of those i've been playing tabletop rpgs since i was like 12 or 13 i'm 31 now so and i've been one of those forever dms where i've dm'd for so long i'm finally now being a player i'm in two campaigns right now um and so I'm excited about that because I don't get to play. It's very rare that I get to play yeah. ever. So it's um no, but D- fifth edition is really good and it's really easy for new players such as yourself to get into. And the the dungeon master's guide is really good for giving you ideas on how to set up a world. Now it's not not everything is perfect and you don't always have to follow everything to a T. Yeah, but it's it's a really good um source of material like i'll sometimes use that because they have a whole section on how to set up governments in your town or city and it's i use that sometimes just to get an idea of like okay so i've got the city what kind of government do i want it to be you know do i want it to be an oligarchy a monarchy uh you know bureaucratic stuff like that and they give good descriptions of each one and then tells you like how to do adventure hooks you know do your do all your party members meet up in a tavern somewhere or do they, you know, find themselves on the road? And so it, it's, it's really good. It's, um, it, it's, I'm glad to hear that, that, you know, you're playing D and D cause it's, it's so much fun. It really is. And well, and on top, you know, and on uh, top of that, like, uh, you know, being involved with the miniatures, I, I bought my, I bought my, I want to, I want to say first, 3d printer, but now I'm on my second 3d printer. And this is more, <laughs> this is a, much easier 3d printer to work with than the last one i bought like four years ago um oh, now yeah. as far as miniatures it's not really going to print miniatures that well however it's going to be you know i want to buy another printer of this kind so i could build structures and i built um large ballistas and i, I my professor who's the dm of our, That's our awesome. stuff um I built, I, I, I made them within about probably, uh, maybe I took a whole 12 hours to make three ballistas and two cannons. And they actually came out really well. And I was very surprised. It was a $200 mono price printer and bought a new SD card, bought the, the spool and the material for it. And it actually looks pretty dang good. Like, I, you know, it took. I know, it, I want one just for that to be able to make miniatures like that. Well, it's, to me, it's. You know, it's structure like, I, and I made a palisade wall too, which I was actually very surprised that that was actually pulled off in the detail it was at. 
Now, wow. the uh, painting, however, um, the painting's going to be a little tough. However, you know, if you're if you're working with just primer, um, some of the a lot of the structures like the cannon and the ballista, you could definitely paint that because the lines of the the plastic that get stacked on it are super close. Whereas with the palisade yeah. wall, for instance, I forgot to um, make the density bigger or make uh, forgot to make it like more compact. So it would take a longer time, but you could actually paint it. Um, so I forgot to do that. But overall, like looking at the structures, like, you know, some people don't paint their structures and that's fine. Like I know for our DM, uh, our DM, my professor, like he doesn't paint some of his stuff and you know, that's fine. Like we just got to imagine it, but <laughs> it's like structures and stuff. This is a really good structures printer. Like I'm making walls, oh, yeah. I'm making cannons, ballistas. I'm like slowly finding like, uh, like making crates and um, yeah. I, made, I made a dude. That's awesome. I made a watch, that's really awesome. I made five watchtowers for him in a, in the span of like a day, and it's just dude. That's crazy. So yeah, I, I would have loved to have something like this ten years ago because I, I tweeted about this that back when I was DMing heavily, like during college and all that. We we had like a board that it was like a grid board, and literally all we used for our structures were pencils, cups notebooks we'd stand up books and say hey they're walls or towers or something it's like i would have died to have you know something like that to be able to print out towers and all that stuff i i, I would i did i would say that it made our imaginations very lively because we'd have to pretend this you know cup is a t watchtower mm -hmm. or some shit so it's it's amazing what people are making for dnd in terms of you know miniatures um you know boards that they have out there um it, it it blows my mind just just even when you're playing online just how they have like so many good apps like roll 20 fantasy grounds um it's insane i i wish i had this when i was all younger i would i probably would have never played magic if that happened <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's like um it, it, just the time we're living in now it's just and, and they're just only they're only going to get cheaper and, or more efficient they're just going to get better and so you know i bought this with my amazon points and like so i only didn't i actually didn't pay too much for it. it the total cost of it with the the new sd card that i bought to not store more stuff but it was um the only downside was the modern price printer had a kind of a faulty card so your files would get yeah. corrupt, but I bought a new one and it's like, I haven't had problems in like weeks. Dude, that's awesome. And it's like, you know, that you could, you know, you could print a ballista, you could print Canon watchtower and it's all saved on there. It already has the same measurements and they print exactly the same. And it's like, I can make a living world out of this. So like eventually, you know, have you posted any of this on Twitter no, or anything? Um, you need to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have I have six different files, so I, I mean I actually have pictures on my phone, so I, if I could snap um, some of the stuff on there, I could probably actually do it tonight and just show. Dude, I'd love to show see some of this everyone stuff. With it. Now I don't think they're gonna be perfect. It's a two hundred dollar printer, but the way the Canon came out, I was actually very surprised the way that the Canon came out um, because you know I'm a I like the Civil War a lot, just the way it was. Um, just the way it was like the technology back then 
Okay, okay, so I'm seeing, let's see. All right, there we go. There's gonna be a guy in a couple of my pictures, but um, see, they're not, this was not really good for actual miniatures <laughs> because. No, but still, it's it's really cool though that you're doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, but the, um, the boxing and stuff, it, oh yeah, here's the here's the tower. Now, that's a super basic tower, but I, have, I put an archer guy in there and I put the miniatures on the side as for like, um, I guess to give it uh, how how large, how uh, the perspective of everything. All right, so I'm on Twitter right now, so I got four pictures, and I'm gonna just for you, Zuby. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> tag you in this because um, since you are like the expert DM, you've been playing this forever. So let me see how many how many pictures I can add. Okay, so I. I think you could only do up to four. I yeah, think. I got four. Let's see. D and D. This is going live right yeah, now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, this, yeah. As, as of this recording, <laughs> the, the, well, because th this episode won't be coming out till next Friday on May fourth, May the fourth. Oh, so you're, you're coming out on is, Star Wars Day. That is perfect. Now I know. Now I need to know what to do, as far as like, <laughs> um, Star Wars Day. All right. Uh, let's see. I know this time next week, um, I'm going to be in Dallas for Grand Prix Dallas. There you go. I'm so excited about it, man. So excited. Man, like, uh, can right, I still don't see the tweet. Oh, it's, uh, it's loading up. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yep, it's on there. Uh, if you check your Twitter, it says four seconds ago. Oh, okay. Hold on. So, uh, yeah, I want you to see how. Oh, there we go. Yeah, see how that looks. Dude, that's, that's pretty awesome. I mean,. Oh, whoa! Those um, what are ballistas? Yep, those are they're, those they're are heavy. So what I did with that—that's awesome. And, uh, oh, oh, and the cannons. Yep. Um, oh shit. So what I did with the ballistas, and then the first one on the far left—it's kind of weird because it has a smaller ballista head. Because uh, I forgot to print the calibration. <laughs> I forgot to print the calibration cube. But the yeah, the middle and the right one, I stacked. The I, I I printed them in three pieces. So I made the base, yeah. I made the calibration cube, and I made the actual ballista. And so oh, by the way, oh sorry to interrupt. Go um, for it. So just so because my audio audience isn't going to see any of this, so I'll be sure to make a link to the pictures here in the show notes, just so everybody sees what we're talking about here. Yeah, it's it's um, but yeah, like I made I'm essentially I made heavy ballistas to where I did it in three pieces and I just super glued them. It took maybe like a minute to like fully solidify. Yeah. And then the two cannons, you know, I I printed them on the same print. And the, the, the platform is not that large. So I had, a, with the Cura software, I had to make it to where the wheels are at the top, mm -hmm. the base and the, uh, the actual barrel were all printed in separate locations. Um, but yeah, the only th problem I have was is probably the I need a different kind of uh, painter's tape. But with the tower, you know, I printed that in three pieces too. And all I did was I made the tower. I expanded the top the top portion, um, the bot the middle, so where the actual um, elongated piece that is actually a calibration cube that I extended the height. Oh, okay. I extended the height about four times to make the the middle section and then the base yeah. I took a old school and this is probably the same ballista base like the same measurements I took that 
and I made the tower, the, the tower base, so it has a thing to stand on. So I can make all these bigger, smaller, um, and I could. These are actually kind of perfect size too. Mm-hmm. They're, um, I gotta say, they. Like I said, I would have killed for something like this ten years ago. I would have loved to have this kind of stuff. It's really cool, and as you being a first-time DM and all that, that's really cool that you are wanting to do this kind of thing. It's, it's really cool. It's like I'm almost jealous. I want to be a part of your campaign, and <laughs> I'll fly out to Texas. <laughs> well, uh, um, but one thing I want to do with this is like I want to get enough files, enough ideas to where I just start. You know, while I'm maybe in the summer recording stuff or doing stuff for car anthology, I could have this stuff running in the back. And, oh, yeah, for sure. you know, I, it saves time. And I don't have to like wait on a print and just like, oh, I have to watch every. No, I could like, that could be running in the background. I could be playing freaking video games, watching stuff, and I'm making stuff for like maybe a small business. So, like, what I want to do is I want to start making a whole bunch of these miniatures and then start selling them. Now they're not going to be perfect. I know this, which I'm going to have to describe it. So, but I'm going to try to make them cheap. Yeah. To make each one of those with the material that I have, not accounting for time. Um. It was about twelve cents to make each one of those. That's not bad though. Twelve. That's really not that bad. Twelve, and, and I think that's a little bit. So even if you sold them like for thirty-four bucks a pop, well, even a, I mean, you're even making- a dollar. Like I was shooting for like low ball in here. Shoot, if someone, if, oh, a dollar. If, so, if I mean, someone paid, well, because it's not perfect. But if someone paid, well, if someone paid me two dollars for a cannon, I would be super excited. Like, what you you could almost do something like a bulk deal where, you know, each one is only really costing you twelve cents. You know, like ten for five bucks or yeah, something like I, that. Yeah, or, I, could, I could do that or, too. And I mean, that's or like do a random assortment. It's like, oh, here's some like crates and maybe some like wet like a weapons rack or like a table um Dude, and you'll be surprised people will buy that stuff it's even though i when i do play face to face i don't use boards anymore i play what they call theater in the mind and all that but when i was heavily into miniatures and stuff like this i would have bought stuff like this if they had it at the time available so yeah there is a market for this and it's um it's definitely something you'd want to look into and don't just stick with you know the regular fantasy stuff you know you doing cannons and ballistas and stuff like that and hell even if you do futuristic stuff too there's markets for or, it and another, or another thing like uh, what I was telling my my parents and trying to justify my uh, getting a 3D print which it, like I said it wasn't that much but it's like building structures I could do stuff for like history so if like I wanted to make a recreation of like maybe how Jamestown looked because Jamestown was like a triangular fort make it into something like that and give like visual representation to teachers that's another that'd be another huge market and if you know if I could make it on the cheap um, that'd be something to look into however if I really want to expand on this I'm you know I want to drop like maybe another $800 or $1,000 buying like four more printers of material and just have all yeah. that stuff going at the same time. And like that way, every four yeah, hours, for sure. every, like let's say I'm making all ballistas and I found a way to make three ballistas per per thing, which is, which is likely to happen. I get five of them. It takes me about four hours and four hours to get 15 ballistas. If I sell it for in a bulk deal, 
while I'm doing other stuff, mind you, just so it's on its own. I could get, I yeah. could potentially get anywhere if I could sell it for like two dollars even. I'm like, that's thirty bucks right there, and that just paid yep. for my material for one of my printers, and then just do that sure. over and over. And it's like, it, you know, it can make a small business out of this, or you know, getting orders. Let's say Kevin wants to start D and D, and he wants to like, oh, I need like crates and all this kinds of stuff, or I need bases. Well, shit, I'll make you a whole bunch, and I'll sell you for like. You know, pay me shipping and then t- ten bucks on top of that, and I'll send it to you. So, I could possibly make it on the cheap, but if I want to really make yeah, this into sure. a business, I would have to get like multiple printers. Like, it takes a lot. It takes a yeah. decent amount of time. Yeah, that's true. But you know, for what I put into it and the quality of that stuff comes out, like if you, if you're not really into super perfect prints, like I like, like some of the stuff that's coming out here, like. You know, it's that they're all black and they're all yeah. Um, they're not super perfect to the T. They're not going to be like the Hero Forge models, but if it's something you need a visual representation of, and it's like let's say a dollar or two dollars, hell yeah! Like you, I could even sell the tower pieces for like three bucks because it only cost me. You, you'd also maybe want to look at making. I, I don't know if the spool is available in gray, too. Um, I think. I think it actually, because th- it's what if you do it in gray, at least people have the ability to paint, paint them too. Well, yeah, that well, but see, like if you put primer on it, you could paint. You could paint on top. We, like we paint all of our miniatures. We we prime it first, and then we put the print on on uh, the paint on top, so it shines a little bit better. And that's that's actually something I found out about a month ago, um, because like all my stuff. So I got horsemen and Norman archers for my potential one shot that I have. And so we primed it in this white Hobby Lobby paint and then we paint on top of it. And it's like, it's a hell of a lot shinier than than what I paint my Hero Forge character. I forgot to prime my Hero Forge character and it's just the new models that you know, I'm I'm priming and painting looks so much better than yeah my my guy that I made through Hero Forge, and so my guy's like uh, my guy right now. It, my guy's a level eight. We're playing Curse of Straw. We're almost done with it, um, and I'm a level six paladin. But then I also got the fighter nice. to get the two weapon fighting because paladins didn't have the chance to get that without a feat. So I got that. Yeah. So I have three attacks now because the paladin level five also has the extra attack. And then, and then, I didn't do dual classes, but I did tri classes. I went to wizardry. So now I could shoot fireballs <laughs> on my hand, and I got mage hand and prestigitation, which is like uh, last awesome. session, yesterday session, last uh, last night. I so I couldn't watch John's live stream of uh, the guest he had on last night for they said we said. Oh, um, Brian Braun doing yeah, um, but it, it went pretty good. Um, so I was playing D and D, and I told him I was going to go play D and D, and so I was using Mage Hand, and since it's like a ghostly kind of hand that could like carry ten pounds and and do stuff like a normal hand, um, some of the stuff I was doing was you know find a way to get past certain doors. I was getting the hand underneath and unlocking it from the yeah. back, or like precipitation, like you can make sparks. So I was making whole distractions, getting guards to go one way, and we just sneak in the back. And so my guy yeah. finally has the ability to like, you know, be a, a distraction for, um, for the actual sessions. And you know, 
uh, and one of the reasons why I got into the wizard level is because each wizard level, because now, so now I'm gonna just go, I'm done paladin, I'm gonna go two more fighters of, two more levels of fighter if we go into another campaign, and then I'm just gonna go like straight out wizard as far as we can, because I know a lot of times you won't get to level 20, but after like level 10, yeah, it's really hard. Level 10, I'll go, um, finish out wizard and get you know like every two there's a mosquito just coming my way um yeah i've had one too that's why you see me like moving my hands every so often yeah um but every two level or every level you get two wizard spells and it makes you got it makes you more um knowledgeable and then your preps yeah your prep spells go up one because i guess the spell casting multi-class modifier um but it was you know i wanted to be more versatile but um, what I actually made my guy into instead was I have two things to shoot or I have one thing to shoot stuff um, for cantrips. I got one thing, I, so I put on Thunder Wave for massive numbers of people. And then I have um, Expeditious um, Retreat, I think, which gives me plus two or plus 10 in movement speed. So now instead of 30, I get 40, which makes my guy faster. But I also have Shield. Oh, yeah. And shields a reaction spell. So one thing that saved me last session was we were playing a mini boss essentially, and the guy, uh, our DM rolled for twenty one, and my guy's AC is seventeen, and shield gives you plus plus five. So I did a reaction shield, misses, and if that would have hit, it would have probably at least done like twenty five damage to my guy, which was a third of my guy's health. So now that I yeah. had shield and I burned a spell slot, the level one spell slot, I was able to miss getting a third of my damage essentially taken away. So my guy is now, I'm using magic to, I'm essentially a battle mage in, from like Oblivion where I enchant myself yeah. and if for some reason I can't freaking like attack you on the ground, I at least have a cantrip to where I could at least attempt to hit you in the air or do something. Yep. So, and then with the vow of enmity that I have, or the channel divinity, if they are stuck in the air, I can at least stop them. So that. No, that's cool. So, though. But yeah, I, it, I've been messing with my character, like looking into. <laughs> I, when I, it sounds like you're having a lot of fun. I with am it, though. having a blast with Dungeons and Dragon, and and it's just. It, I've never, it, it, get, it gets even better. I, I've it's, never had so much fun in like a while. I know magic's like been one of my things to like, you know, that you know, especially with online, it's like helped me a bunch. But being with friends and like going on the same quest and discovering stuff and getting attacked by stupid behemoths of the of Satan himself and all this yep. stuff, and it's it, it, it's it's such a blast. I've, I've you know, I wish I would have gotten onto it earlier, um, but overall, I, I very, I very much enjoyed D and I, I am looking forward to more, more years um, playing it. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm having such a great time with it. No, oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, um, I guess before we go here, because it's getting a little late for me. Yeah, here, me too. Um, do you have any questions for me or anything before we wrap it oh, up? Oh, I have no. No, nothing right now but it's just um maybe just some a couple of statements like uh you know like thanks for having me on uh, like having oh, no having problem. stuff having doing stuff with other people like this with 
um, you know, because I want to do more like interviews with people, and I just want, kind of want to get my name out there um, and just kind of expose myself to the community, like who I am, because I, I think people don't know who exactly I am, that I'm not like this. You know, I think people with all the stuff that's been going on with Twitter and like defending Jeremy and or like Tasty and Rogue Deck Builder, yeah, I think it's... people see me as those like evil, just evil Texan Southerner. Like they probably think I also <laughs> raised the Confederate battle flag and stuff. And it's like no, it's just I'm I'm a guy that plays. I'm a football yeah I'm a football coach teacher, you know. But I also enjoy like games. Like uh, you know I've never really grown out of being a child or a kid like I oh, mean, yeah. we are no. we are kids at heart that has not changed and i just want to let everyone know that it's like i'm not like in some you know i'm from the south yes we are not weird. Uh, i'm i'm southern there too, you go so it's, it's i'm florida i mean I, I know people like to make fun of florida that it's not the south i mean shit that is the, that is right the up, south like that is part of the I mean, south I mean, you want to talk about freaking Confederate flag holding? I, all I have to do is go outside and I see Confederate flags everywhere, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! And I'm just, I'm just one of those. When it comes to the whole magic drama, yeah, I, I've been in some myself personally, but especially lately, ever since that whole Christina Sprinkle debacle, yeah, I said my piece about it. But even all these little tiffs that happen, I'm just there are reasons why that you hardly ever see me tweet on certain days because there may be something happening in the magic community with whatever drama i'm just like i i don't want to be a part of it i don't care whatever just let it go well and to me and, i'm kind of like the opposite where i i do want to get involved in but to me it mine's more of a different approach to where you know with the Simon case like uh you know and we're going in perspective of yesterday and yeah. so it's like April what twenty fourth. So we're this this is gonna get on on May, um, but it's like uh, for all the Simon stuff that was happening. Like really, like this this is what you're going to attack his financial assistance. It, it, you're gonna go after him like this. I mean that's that's pretty sad. And it's just like to me, you know, while I do bash people for like just outright attacking someone, like with the the Sprinklegate stuff, me personally more or less for the most for the most part i just wanted to see what people were thinking like why do you not like jeremy or why is this such a like a, a huge deal um to the community so it's like to me as I, I just want to see what people are thinking just to see like yeah. where they come from because you know if you understand a person if you're like respectable respectful to them you know then you're obviously not an asshole um and yeah. it's just and, and i've and i've said this about jeremy before where it's if you actually talk to him one-on-one -on -one, like private message or whatever he's very approachable he will talk to you back and all that it's I, and i i honestly i don't know him that well or anything i've talked to him a handful of times and it's like last year or two years ago yeah. and um so but what i see what he actually tweets out and especially last year the whole thing i don't know if it's a whole persona thing but as I mentioned before, before we started recording, where when you have a platform that big, regardless of if you're joking or not, people are going to take oh, it seriously. I, yeah. And and it's it, as much as, you know, the person itself may not like that. It's it's a reality like you don't see their professor going out and making a bunch of inflammatory statements all the time because he, he even though he may 
believe, you know, someone may be a piece of crap and wants to go tell him that. But if he does that, you know, it's going to look not only bad for him, but, you know, his brand as well, too. Well, but, but even sometimes, like, the professor, I know it's not often, but professor will sometimes, like, kind of push the envelope a little bit to where... It, seeing some of the tweets that he came out with like during the sprinkle gates up it's like he pushes the envelope pretty hard too and it's like some of the some of some of his report uh, report reporters supporters i can't even talk today it's been a long day um it's just like they kind of like reinforce it and to me it's like you know and like everyone has this it's like that echo chamber but it's like when someone else comes yeah. into the picture it's like all this you are the number one target and that's how it should not be it's like if there's a different point of view this is where you talk it out where you hash it out where you actually get the facts straight or actually what happened and you know if you could do it in a respectable manner like everyone benefits and you're getting the another person's perspective but if you just outright bash someone and not even give them a chance to fire back i mean that's what does that say into yourself It, it means that you're you know, incompetent of taking criticism or taking on feedback. Cause like one of the things I like to do is even if I get bad feedback on my comments, you know, like the first time I did the Pokemon video, there was not too much into the history of like the decks. And so I got this whole two paragraph paragraph uh, uh, comment from um, one of the people who are actually into Pokemon at the time. And I replied back, well, what are some good websites or what are some good resources that you can give me to help me out? And the guy was actually really cool about it. Like he sent me, uh, I was like, here's some links that I would uh, check out. And then from there on the Pokemon series with the car anthology got a little bit better. So with the feedback, with the negative stuff, I actually like fire back with, well, what do you suggest? Because, you know, I will never be the perfect, I'll never be like, if I'm gonna be essentially an MTG historian, I am not going to know every single thing every time, yeah. all the time. But as far as like my life goes and what I put into it, it's how to me, it's like, I want to take on the role of learn something every day and be a life learner. And one of my old coaches used to tell me the old coach that I worked with two years ago, he was like, you need to be a lifelonger and just whatever you do. And so I've taken that advice yeah throughout everything that i've done because to know to say that you know everything or to push your knowledge around like you know everything which i kind of do sometimes with the especially with the exercise stuff because i got <laughs> you know i got my kinesiology degree which i, I make suggestions with people like oh you should maybe do this but um there's there's gonna be stuff that i don't know like when i was of interviewing course, yeah. kevin it's like i showed him all my books on football weightlifting, exercise physiology. And there's like 60 books of like, this is what I'm reading just to make myself better. And I still don't think I know it all. Like, I'm just- Oh, I know exactly what you mean. You know, like Wedge sometimes like, he's got a political science degree, talked about George Washington. It's like, okay, so you know about George Washington, like just why you're like, oh, I got a degree in this and I know everything. It's like, that's, that's how I thought. And it's just like, Really? That's what you're going to push on to everyone is like, you, you got a political science degree. What is that going to get you? Like, I got a teaching degree and I could get a job almost anywhere in the state of Texas. Like, because I only see your education. Yeah, it's beneficial, but it's how do you use your education? Like, for what purpose? And 
how versatile can you be with it? Because with my teaching degree, I could become a professional tutor if I wanted to. I don't have to be a yeah. teacher coach. I could just be a teacher or I could be like something else. Like my degree is very versatile. I could even go if I really oh, wanted yeah. to. Like I have teacher friends, old coaches that went into oil field with their teaching stuff and they're not higher management like right off the get go. So, you know, with my stuff, it's very versatile. And, you know, why I do don't like the state of education as it is now, I don't think it's going to be hard for me to find a job. It might be not something I like right off the bat, but it's a job. Yeah, that's true. And I've just been so fortunate to have Gregory Portland as my the school that I'm with and just to have all these benefits. But, yeah, I the perspective I want to go on is I want to perpetrate on everyone is like uh, – it's just be a life be a life learner because you won't know everything ever. You're gonna be stupid in something. And so but that oh, but that's yeah. what I but that to me that's <laughs> what I live by. And it makes you more um to me it makes you more humble about yourself. Um and it makes you real oh, it makes sure. you realize yeah. how you know, how um you know, how much you really feel uh, every yeah, day. Yeah, that's how you should feel every day, you know. I feel like I mean it's I will admit when I was younger, I thought I was some, you know, hot shot that knew everything about computers and stuff because, you know, I've been doing IT for over 10 years and all that stuff. And it's like the more I learn, the less I know is basically the way I like to yeah. put it. It's so it's like it's I find it funny that a, a lot of people because, you know, I run the department that I'm in. And it's a lot of people come to me for help. And I'm like, dude, I barely know what I'm doing. So <laughs> but it's. It's funny though. It's and you're right. It's being one of those lifelong learners. It's definitely I 100% agree with that. For sure. Yeah, man. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it and just had fun talking with you and all that stuff. Um, where can people find you if they want to search you out? Um, people can find me on my channel, the the Car Bazaar, um, or if they ever want to just type in MTG Timeline because I I'm the only one apparently that has done that. They could find my channel there. Um, and oh, also, and I'm also active on Twitter, and my thing is coach at the Car Bazaar CC, um, and that's where people can find me if they want to follow me and look at out the news we're doing. And but that's really the only the two most active places I'm in. And we do have a Facebook page, but I really, eh, Facebook is kind of like I, I'm more into the Twitter scene. Yeah, yeah, me and too. It's just, it, I, I and agree. Twitter's just to me, Twitter's just easier. I, I was very it is. I was very like hazy about Twitter. Like I really shouldn't get into this. And once I got to Twitter, it's like the addiction set in. It's like, damn. Yep. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's very. But addicting. people can find so, me yeah. there on my channel, the Car Bazaar, and find follow me at Coach at the Car Bazaar CC, which is CC is for Corpus Christi. That's where we're based out of. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again, man, and have a great night. Awesome. Thank you. Hey everybody, Zuby here, and I really hope you enjoyed listening to this week's show. If you want to reach out with any questions or comments or anything like that, you can definitely hit me up at the following on facebook.com slash magicwithzuby. You can hit me up on Twitter at magicwithzuby. We've also got an Instagram. I think an Instagram is at magic underscore with underscore Zuby. Uh, you can also send me an email at mtgzuby at gmail.com. Uh, and that's probably the best way to get in contact with me. Um, if you also want to help support the show, 
um, you can check our Patreon out at patreon.com slash magicwithzuby. A lot of cool prizes and rewards there for um, people who sign up. I'd also like to thank my sponsors, LegitMTG.com, for um, helping the show out. And for a long time now, it's been been a while they've been a sponsor of Magic Wazubi. Um, if you want to order any Magic singles or sealed product and you want free shipping with that, just order anything over $2 or more and you get free shipping anywhere within the United States. They've got a wide array of selection of singles and sealed product. Um, definitely the current up-to-date stuff is the best. Um, and so be sure to check out legitmtg.com. Also like to thank manatraders.com for being a relatively new sponsor of Magic Wazubi. Really appreciate um, them sponsoring us here. So if you are tired of buying singles on Magic Online and you want to, you know, have the top tier deck because you want a challenge, there's a league or a challenge or a mox that you want to be a part of and you think you have a good chance of winning, Mana Traders is there for you. Uh, Mana Traders allows you to rent any cards and decks you want for a monthly price for as low as $9.95 a month. Um, you can use the coupon code MTGZUBI when you check out and get 15% off your first three months. Uh, that's manatraders.com, so be sure to check them out. All right, everybody, that's a wrap. And like I said, thank you again for listening to Magic with Zuby here.